So I'd like to direct our attention uh, today, our attention to Acts chapter 12, and I'll just uh, read two brief verses. It's a very familiar text, but it's something that as uh, we have heard much lately about uh, if you will, convenient Christianity or pajama Christianity. Thank you, Puyan. Um, we have uh, uh, Stephen's challenge on Saturday, as well as others, just moving us to action and uh, maybe shifting us off complacency and maybe even encouraging us to encourage others in fervency. I'd like to, to read a text that's really been um, intriguing to me to study. So Acts chapter 12 Beginning in verse 5, you'll remember the, um, the, the setting. So James has been killed. Now Peter is in prison. And verse 5 says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And then if we were to pause our thinking, we know that the angel broke, um, was breaking Stephen out of prison. And uh, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, odd in this regard. I kind of like seeing the humorous aspects of Scripture, and I've got a list of things that I'm compiling. Someday there's going to be a sermon about the humor in the Scripture without being irreverent, um, but there's several places I think the Lord demonstrates um, humor. And uh, this is one of them. And I may be reading into the text, but I may not. But uh, verse 7 says... Uh, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, speaking of Peter. And I'm just wondering, if the angel of the Lord came upon us in the middle of the night, would we be aware of that? Evidently, Peter was not. And so the Lord turns the intensity up a little bit, um, and a light shined in the prison. And evidently, that wasn't good enough to wake Peter up, Um I don't know if you are a sensitive sleeper. I can sleep in an airport in broad daylight, but uh, others need to have blinders on their eyes. And uh, so evidently Peter was a heavy sleeper, and uh, light shined in the prison. That was enough. So the third intensity level was that the Lord, through the angel, smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, and before I complete that verse, I just have to see, I just this is fascinating to me, I don't know, what the smote was like, the smiting of Peter was like, if it was a wake-up smite or if it was a very hard smiting that actually raised Peter up. Now, this may be all the process of raising Peter up, or it may have been a pretty significant (laughs) smiting, if you will, um, and raised him up saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. So... Um, this would have been dramatic. This would have been never seen before. This would have been amazing that this was happening. So, in verse 12, we see, and when he had considered the thing, I bet he was. I bet he was looking at his wrist, thinking those chains are no longer here. Those gates opened. Um, I am considering this thing. I heard somebody say the other day, that is KJV for W-O-W. Okay, that is wow. Look what's happening. And he and he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, and, and where many were gathered together praying. So all this was transpiring while believers were praying. 
Now, I think we could make a good case for the fact that God is at work, even if we don't see it happening, as we've talked about here in the last few days. We see this happening. But I would like to encourage us with the urgency in which the church was praying. They were fighting back. They were in spiritual warfare with diligent praying, unceasing praying. So the words, the two words even there, without ceasing, um, have parallel meanings. So a, a way of looking at this would be intense praying, urgent praying, even to the point of strained praying. So one commentator said this, this has the idea of a stretching a muscle to its limits. And as I read this, I thought of some of the things we've talked about lately of our prayer meetings or even the intensity of prayer meetings being inconvenient in our culture. The opposite of that is praying as if a muscle is being stretched to its limits. This is intense praying. So yesterday when I was doing some reading, I ran across an illustration that I'd used years before and I had forgotten about this. It is a, it is a, it is not a, it's not a necessarily a church history illustration. Although I guess it did happen in church history. Um, but think with me about this intensity of struggle that we ought to be employing in our praying. And that is that um, uh, several years ago, an, a lady named Deborah was putting fuel in her vehicle, and she was outside the car, obviously. She was uh, reaching for the receipt from the gas pump, the fuel pump, and as she was reaching for the receipt, a man jumped into the driver's seat of her car and proceeded to drive away. And Deborah realized it was not only her car that was being victimized, but her young daughter was in the car seat, asleep in the, in the, in the back seat. And so as the account was told... Um, she, uh, she went into an absolute rage. She reached into the open window and started punching the assailant as he was driving. She grabbed the wheel and somehow got the door open and got him half pulled out of the car. And as she was struggling, the car ran into the window of a store and uh, she just evidently continued to beat him. Uh, and it ends up that he had a broken leg, several fractured ribs, and a concussion. And the article authors said she beat him to pieces. <laughs> um, they asked her afterwards if, she, if it was hard to hang on. And her response was, it was my daughter in the back seat. It wasn't hard. I had to save her. So with that, I... I this was not an inconvenience for her. This was a matter of desperation. This was a matter of urgency. It was passion on her part. So even in this Acts chapter 12 passage, um, they were in awe of what God was doing and with intensity and desperation, they wanted this to continue. The advance of the gospel, the working of the Holy Spirit, and they saw enough to be able to gather to pray with fervency, without ceasing. We could even say with maximum effort. This has just gripped my heart. This has just uh, 
even as I was, um, I wasn't preaching yesterday, I was sitting in the auditorium and I was thinking about our congregation um, and uh, thinking we have a, a large front yard in the, the auditorium or the of the property of the church. Our church kind of sits back in the property and it's red, hard clay. Now it's not hard right now because it's been raining, but um, I got thinking if we were to bury a million dollars in treasure in the front yard of the church and tell people there is buried treasure, I'll guarantee you by the time church let out on Sunday morning and church gathered again on Sunday evening, there would be multiple dug dig spots in that front yard. People would people would skip lunch. Okay, they would skip their Sunday afternoon nap. They would come to church early to find buried treasure with intensity, with we could say maximum effort. And I see this same intensity in this early church prayer meeting. And I just want to thank you for your intensity in sacrificing these minutes in prayer in your day. And I would also like to encourage us to invite others to join us in the digging, in the intensity, in the spiritual warfare. Um, Theologian Simon Kistemacher said this regarding this passage. He said, Herod failed to realize the power of prayer that the entire church wielded on behalf of Peter. That is, through the prayers of his people, God himself intervened and showed Herod Agrippa that his opposition was insignificant and futile. So may our God be strong. God is strong. May we uh, mobilize his strength in our praying. We desire with intensity that sinners not go to hell. We desire with passion that the glory of the Lord would be made manifest. Charles Spurgeon said this regarding this text. He said, they were, gathered, they were not gathered to hear a sermon, but to pray. And many were gathered, a great rebuke to numerous believers today. And then he said this. This is what's um, lodged within my mind. He said, by practice by conviction, and by instinct, the people of God gathered together to pray for great matters. Practice, conviction, and instinct. May it be our instinct to pray. May it be that our instinct is to be in spiritual warfare. And um, a familiar hymn, we'll close with these words, Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? And shall I, bear, bear, shall I fear to own his cause or blush to speak his name? Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? I'll bear the toil, endure the pain supported by thy word. If you want to have your heart challenged, I would, inc- I would encourage you to Google two men in church history that I was reading about this morning. Um, Number one is a man, both of these are Scottish, uh, Patrick Hamilton, um, in 1528, was burned on yesterday's date at the stake. Um, And uh, there's quite a story about him as he he was a, a, a soldier of the cross. And then another man, George Wishart, um, in 1546, on today's date, was tried for preaching the gospel, 
and by faith in Christ alone, and um, he ended up being martyred at the stake. So strenuous, inconvenient efforts in gospel advance.